0: Get ready to grip it and rip it.
1: All right, let's move on. We got golfers waiting.
0: Dedicated to bringing better golf to America, this is Tea to Green, the golf
2: show. That's right, talking golf 52 weeks a year and loving it. It's what we do every Sunday right here on Tea to Green, the golf show. Hello, fellow golfers. Jay Ritchie, Jerry Butenoff from the five star Broadmoor Resort, Colorado Springs, Colorado, the home of t to Green. And the home of the 2018 U.S. Senior Open, now just 434 days away and counting. Nice show for you today. Jerry's gone, but I'm here. And first up, we're going to take you to the movies. Hold still, please.
3: <laughs> so, gentlemen, pay you to play golf.
2: Hundreds of pounds
4: like What will you play for now, Tommy?
2: Money. Glory. Love. Yeah, that's for a new golf movie called Tommy's Honor. It just hit theaters this week. It's based on a 2007 novel by Kevin Cook. Now, we had Kevin Cook on Tita Green back in 2008 when Tommy's Honor, the book, was named the Golf Book of the Year by the United States Golf Association. Now that it's hit the big screen... Kevin Cook returns to Tita Green today to talk about the new golf movie called Tommy's Honor. Later in the hour, well, he's one of the most innovative instructors, authors, and promoters in the game of golf today. He's also a former golf broadcaster who's worked with the top names on the PGA Tour, the LPGA, and the Champions Tour. And He's on the other side of the microphone today as a guest on Tee to Green. We'll be visiting with Bob Cisco to get his story. That's part of what we've got for you today on Easter Sunday here on Tee to Green. It's early Sunday morning. Sun is coming up. I'm on the tee at seven. I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like beaches and the greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord. What am I going to do?
3: Help me keep my head down. Save me
2: from those double bogey blues. And if you miss something from today's show or any future shows, find it on iHeartRadio Talk. Never have to miss Tita Green again. iHeartRadio.com slash talk. Jay Ritchie going solo today, teeing it up with Kevin Cook and Tommy's Honor as we are worldwide on American Forces Radio and coast to coast on the Sports Byline USA Radio Network.
5: That's 800-223-0992. My joints used to kill me. I'd wake up with stiff knees and a stiff
6: back, and it wouldn't get much better throughout the day. I went to doctors and took almost every supplement you can think of, and nothing seemed to help. Then I found something called oil can joint lubricant.
1: rebuild or replace transmission $3,200 anti-lock brake system $1,000 rebuild or replace engine $2,400 truth is once your manufacturer's warranty runs out it's all on you every last cent Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800 222 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warren Tech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit TocoWarranty.com for complete terms and conditions.
2: destination listening for dedicated golfers. You have found it. It's Tee to Green, the golf show. We top golf every Sunday here from the five-star Broadmoor Resort, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Great to have you with us today. I'm Jay Ritchie. My co-host Jerry Butenoff has the day off today. We've got a big show for you. Later in the hour, the Cisco kid, Bob Cisco, will be here. As I mentioned in the open, he's one of the most innovative authors, uh, instructors, and golf promoters uh, in the game of golf today. And he's got a new book out we'll talk a little bit about with him called The Ultimate Game of golf. We'll also talk about his career working with some of the top names on all three of the major tours, the PGA, the LPGA, and the Champions Tour. But our first guest is ready to go, and I want to ask if you've seen any good movies lately. If not, here's an idea for you. Hold still, please.
0: (laughs) That young lad of yours will make a fine caddy
4: one day.
0: Your station in life
3: was set before you were born
7: will be. will see. What else you be doing? Be a golfer.
2: Be a golfer. Of course. That's from the movie Tommy's Honor, which is now out in theaters across the USA. It's based on a novel written in 2007 by Kevin Cook, Tommy's Honor, the story of old Tom Morris and young Tom Morris, golf's founding father and son has been made into a movie. And on the line with us right now on the T.D. Green guest line, returning, we had him on in 2008 to talk about the book back then. Now it's a movie, and Kevin Cook is back on T.D. Green. Hi, Kevin, how you doing?
8: Morning, Jay, how are you?
2: Doing fantastic. you got to feel like a proud papa. Uh,
8: we, it is a good feeling to have the movie out. It's a long process to get a movie made. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think uh, a lot of golfers, don't know the true story of Tom Morris and uh, his son Tommy, the first uh, touring professional, the man who invented that role. Um, and I hope the movie will help uh, in some way. and I mean, one day uh, every tour pro will tip his cap to Tommy Morris when he tees off on Sunday.
2: I'm to ask you a question that I asked you on the show when we had you on back in 2008. Of all the things you could have written about, of all the things in golf you could have written about, of all the things and people and topics, Why this one? How did you land on old Tom and young Tom Morris?
8: Well, I think it's the most dramatic story there ever was in golf, and it's also got an awful lot to do with uh, why the game became what it is. Why we play 18 holes. That has to do with the layout at St. Andrews that Tom Morris perfected. Why we don't tee off from the putting surface anymore. Tommy Morris changed that by saying we're really tearing up the greens. So much changed. There's also a A wonderful family story and um, a very dramatic love story. Um, I made my first pilgrimage to St. Andrews way back in 1986 and was lucky enough to play with three locals, Peter, Peter, and John. And they they told me about uh, young Tom. I mean, I think a lot of people know about old Tom Morris, at least a little bit. I was familiar with him, but not uh, Tommy Morris, who was really the great prodigy of his time, kind of a young Tiger Woods of the 19th century, and it turns out to be a fascinating story. I, I took notes and and found clippings and did some research over the years, and then spent a year and a half uh, working very hard on the book. Uh, in the year and a half before we talked the first time,
5: yeah.
8: and uh, you know, since then, writing the screenplay with my wife, who was the lead writer on the screenplay, working with Jason Connery uh, on the film. It's been a pretty remarkable uh, process.
2: When you were going through this process and gathering the information, doing all the research, you were I'm sure you were probably thinking this is going to make a great book, but did the thought ever cross your mind of it being, someday being a movie?
8: I think it's a funny thing because I often heard that, and I did think that going along, and I think that's one of the things that you want when you're working on a book. You think, this is dramatic. It, I can see it playing out. Uh, it's got remarkable relationships. Um, I think the same things that make... Uh, a book work, uh, make something cinematic. And, um, uh, and this certainly was that. Of course, you're also aware that there haven't been very many good golf movies. Uh, there are the comedies they are famous, um, and, you know, here and there, parts of other golf movies, I think, have, have worked really well. But, um, it's almost uh, been a curse, uh, as far as, uh, filming the sport. Um, we had a pretty good one, I thought, uh, not too many years ago, in the greatest game ever played, and you know, our hope was uh, to make it not mainly a golf movie. Um, I think when you think of, say, Breaking Away, the classic sports picture, you don't think that's a bicycling movie. Um, you don't think of Hoosiers as purely basketball. It's got to be about the people, and um, that's that's what we hope we've uh, we've done with Tommy's Donner.
2: Yeah, I think a real parallel there is is Cinderella Man. You don't think of that so much as a boxing movie, more the right. story of a a guy who, before he became champion, had had a lot of fights outside the ring just to keep his life together.
8: I think that's absolutely right. I mean, and, and there's there are great stories about people who happen to be in a fascinating line of work that is sports. And I, but I think, especially in movies, if you make it about the big game, it tends not to work. Uh, the Blind Side is a sports movie, but it's not really a sports movie, and I think um, yeah. I think that's that's what we were trying to do, and, and I hope we succeeded. The one thing I uh, tell people that I hope this film will help do is one of these days people will think of our director uh, Jason Connery, and uh, and then they'll say, "Oh, Sean Connery. Oh, yes, that's Jason's dad."
2: Is it really? Oh uh,
8: yes, yeah, yeah, oh. and Jason. Jason answers of course as you can imagine a great many questions about his famous father. Jason our director uh, learned the game uh in Scotland playing with his dad there uh, it was some of the time that uh, he was able to spend with his famous dad and um this is uh, his fifth I believe directorial uh, effort I think it's the one that's gotten the most attention he did a great job with a wonderful cast Shotted all across uh, Scotland, and the one biggest miracle that we had was, in 33 days of shooting, it rained exactly once.
2: <laughs> that is a miracle, especially for there that time of year. We're with Kevin Cook. The movie and the book are called Tommy's Honor. The story of old Tom Morris and young Tom Morris. The book came out in 2008. The movie just hit theaters, and you touched on it a little bit, the daunting task of taking a book and turning it into a movie. That's tough with just about any topic, but as you mentioned, there haven't been a lot of sports books that have been great sports movies. Let's talk about that process a little bit. Where do you start? Did you go to somebody, or did somebody come to you?
8: Um, It started with a a phone call from a producer. Uh, He came to me. He uh, had gone to St Andrews and read the book uh as part of his pilgrimage and called and uh and said he wanted to get a uh, movie uh made of it and, and he wanted to help make it happen. Of course there's a long way from there to getting the financing. Um, uh, we got um uh, my wife Pamela Marin and I wrote a script that attracted uh not only Jason Connery but uh, uh a fine cast but you still don't have the money to make the movie. At one point, Jason and I were pitching a very wealthy man uh, who who expressed some interest. Uh, he was a golfer, um, one of those golfers who does so well in life that he had a perfectly manicured, full-length r three hole. It was a 175-yard r three in his backyard. Uh, so uh, we're pitching him the movie and saying um, um, we want we want Jason to make. The best golf movie ever made, and our secret was not really a golf movie, as we said. It's more about um, a father and son, of a family drama, a great uh, tragic love story as well. But um, of course, we're pitching it to this fellow, this uh, man, as a as a great golf story, and we realized we weren't going to get his money when uh, he fell asleep during our pitch. Um, <laughs> it uh, it kind of goes on and on from there. The the government of Scotland contributed a, a organization called. Creative Scotland that does fabulous things, uh, supporting uh, projects that uh, that it sees as worthy. Uh, that was a big help. Uh, some other producers came aboard, and then you know it's a long, long process of of getting the picture cast and shot. And uh, we were lucky enough to be over there in Scotland while it was being shot. I think I had a hat that blew all the way to Norway. Um, uh, but it uh, it got done. We were there. Uh, uh, let's see. Three days ago, now in New York City for the U.S. premiere, and uh, and I hope all, a lot of your listeners uh, will find it at a theater near
2: that. Yeah, it's called "Tommy's Honor: The Story of Old Tom Morris and Young Tom Morris," a duo that a lot of people credit with with turning golf from a pastime into a sport and closer to what we know the game of golf to be today. And there's a lot of backstory behind all that. It all comes out in the movie Tommy's Honor, depicting the lives and careers of and the relationship between Scottish golfing champions old Tom Morris and his son young Tom Morris, directed by Jason Connery, the son of Sean Connery and the screenplay by Pamela Marin, and our guest, Kevin Cook, who wrote the original book called Tommy's Honor. Kevin has agreed to stick around, and we're going to continue with Mr. Cook on the other side here. Tommy's Honor, coming up later in the hour, Bob Cisco, It's all straight ahead today on T to Green.
9: Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California
5: You're a hero to this town, but a gentleman you'll never be. Your place is here. I
1: don't want to spend my days teeing up gentlemen who think they're better than me. Can you not see that? What do you think you'll be doing?
8: Making my own way.
2: movie Tommy's Honor, which opened the 2016 Edinburgh International Film Festival last June and won Best Feature Film at the British Scottish Academy Awards. It's in the U.S. theaters now, and it's based on a novel that was written back in 2007 by our current guest here today on Tita to Green, Kevin Cook, who's on the Tita to Green guest line with us right now. Kevin, we, we talked before the break about taking the novel and turning it into a feature film, and all the hurdles and uh, all the things you ha- all the hoops you had to jump through to do that. But did it help being married to an experienced screenwriter?
8: Uh, it did. It did. She knows the structure of uh, the screenplay, and the screenplay is about structure as much as anything else. Uh, you know, in a book you can tell so much background, in in a film. It's all got to be there on the screen. Everything has to uh, work together, and uh, it also helped. I think that my wife is is not a golfer. She's she's taken two swings in her life. We were at uh, uh, La Costa uh, many years ago, and uh, she took a three wood, and uh, uh, which accustomed to you know seeing golf on TV like so many people, and and you know you see the tour players swing, and the ball takes off like a rocket into the sky. Uh, doesn't happen for us beginners, uh, a lot of times. Uh, so she whipped with the first swing and then, uh, connected with the next, uh, 3 wood at about uh, 190 yards, and that was it. She hasn't swung a golf club since. And, uh, she kept, uh, her eye, uh, as Jason, uh, has often told, uh, told people, um, on, on the drama. Uh, and, and this is a film that's uh, not just for golfers at all. It's, so, so much about the family and, and about the romance between Tommy and uh, his wife Meg who was a, a woman from the wrong side of the tracks uh, and um, i think uh, I think it made a huge difference to uh, uh, to work together on the screenplay
2: Jack Loudon plays tommy Morris peter M- mulan is it
8: peter mullen, uh, mullen, mullen? Scottish, Scottish yeah. icon he was uh, he 's been in the uh, uh, harry potter film he 's one of those uh, instructors at Hogwarts. Uh, Peter did a, uh, a fabulous performance in um, a movie called uh, My Name is Joe. He directed a wonderful picture called The Magdalene Sisters. Everything he he is in is good, and uh, he's really uh, an icon in Scotland. And I think Jack Loudon, who plays Tommy, is going to be very famous pretty soon.
2: Ophelia Lovabon plays Meg, the woman that Tommy loves, and Sam Neill Ale- plays Alexander Boothby. He's the captain. Of the Royal and Ancient Golf Club at St Andrews, where is most of the movie set in and around St Andrews?
8: Yes, in and around St Andrews, it's over over in Musselboro, where uh, Tom and Tommy's great rivals, the Park Brothers, who are both in the, in the golf Hall of Fame, uh, were over there. In those days, you played to represent your city, so uh, um, they got kind of rough and tumble. Uh, Tom and Tommy would go over to Musselboro and play. And, you know, you're surrounded by by the crowd, and everybody's drinking and batting and a couple of times the golf matches devolved into fights. Uh, Tom would be trying to swing in a bunker, and one of those Muscleboro fans bumps his uh, arm while he's swinging, or kicks the ball into a bunker. You don't see that happen on the tour these days. So <laughs> it was it was rough and tumble, and and I think I think golfers and non-golfers alike will be surprised by. Sort of the things they uh, they find out about the way the game was played
2: in those days. Yeah, Sam Neill plays, plays played in a ton of movies. I think a lot of folks best remember him for all the Jurassic Park movies. That's but true. He, he's he's got a more broader range than that, doesn't he?
8: And he does. And it's a great pleasure to have someone like Sam Neill uh, in the picture. He he plays. Uh, I guess you could call him a heavy. One of one of the uh, uh, fellows who uh, once. Tom and Tommy to um, remain in the social class in which they were born, but he does it. He does it with uh, with great verve, and a fun thing to find out to hear during the process. Talk about that screenwriting process it's, uh... the word comes down. Oh, we might be able to get Sam Neill, but so we're going to need to beef up the scene with that uh, character uh, called Captain Boothbeef. uh... and that gave us uh, the great fun of putting together a scene. Uh, that um, people who go see the movie will see around the chessboard in uh, um, Captain Boothby's grand home, uh, which is kind of a confrontation between him and Tommy Morris. And it was it was great fun to do that. That's the only one that we already knew who the actor was going to be
2: we are with Kevin Cook. The book is called Tommy's Honor. The movie is called Tommy's Honor. The book was written back in 2007. It just was turned into a movie that was released uh, last summer, and it hit U.S. theaters recently. Uh, One of the criticisms that people have about a lot of sports movies, Kevin, is that you might have a great actor, but he's not very good at that particular sport. I'm thinking way back... Uh, William Bendix played Babe Ruth. <laughs> William Bendix was a great actor, right, but he was a horrible yeah. baseball player. That's Matt sure. Damon was in a golf movie a few years oh. back, and right. he had a horrible swing. It was hard to believe with that swing he'd break 150. But uh, how are true. the actors as far as golfers in this movie?
8: Well, they do very well. It helps in this movie, actually, that uh, the swing was very different in the 1860s and 70s. Uh, the clubs were hickory. The balls were, were like, were like rocks. Um, and those kind of furcha hard rubber balls that uh, really wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, but we had the great good fortune of having Jim Farmer, who's the pro emeritus at the RNA. He's a swing coach for the uh, for the actors, for Peter and Jack. Um, they actually had expert golfers to be like swing doubles, as you have a body double in a golf movie, you might need a swing double. So someone, the camera could come back behind them, and you don't see the actor's face. And, and this excellent golfer will take a swing. And those swing doubles were not used a single time because Jack was a good actor, and uh, and Peter, a uh, good actor and athlete. Peter uh, also the same uh, managed to pull it off. One thing I really like is that their swings are authentic to the time, but uh, but they're uh, they're not the same at all. They don't look the same. They're as individual as. And golf swings today, and I think you're exactly right. I mean, we've seen so many golf movies, and and you can't help thinking, oh, his swing is just absolutely no good. Mm-hmm. I remember a great Russell Crowe movie called The Insider. Do you remember that one? Yeah. He, uh, he went to, he went to a driving range at one point. He's supposed to be a four handicap. They said, oh, he's a four handicap, and Russell Crowe goes and He can't swing at all. But there's a <laughs> there's a bad guy who's shadowing him, who's just lurking down the way and and the, the big muscle bound dead guy has an excellent swing. You say, well, i, I would bet on that guy. Yeah. Um, I think I think the one thing that um, that that helps uh, so much was having Jim Farmer on this picture, and also even the most expert golfer can't say, well, they didn't uh, swing like they really swung uh, way back in the 1860s and 70s.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I did read the book, and I want to ask you about the title, Tommy's Honor. The word honor. How many times have people told you, you misspelled the word honor? <laughs> <laughs>
8: well, the, uh, when, when they see the book H-O-N-O-R in the U.K., they tell me, hey, you misspelled it over there. Um, so we did have a, a, a choice uh, in the film, should the film's title be the American spelling of honor or the uh, U.K. spelling. And we went around and around, and, and the decision was finally made uh, to spell it the way the Tom and Tommy would have spelled it. Which I think makes perfect sense, although I wasn't on, on, that, on board with that initially. Yeah. Uh, so I've come around. I think, uh, I think it's, it's nice. It's a Scottish cast, it's shot all in Scotland, that um, we spelled honor the way that they would have spelled it.
2: I've read uh, a million books over the last 30 years that I thought would make great movies, but when I saw them on the big screen, I was a little di- bit disappointed. How true to the book is the movie version of Tommy's Honor?
8: It's very true to the book, and fortunately uh, we, had, uh, we had a couple of people who cared a lot about that writing the screenplay. But uh, Jason Connery uh, cared a great deal about that, too. Uh, the, the producers did, the actors did, uh, and, and um, anyone who likes the book, I think, will not be disappointed in the way that it's um, in, uh, turned into a
2: film. Yeah, Is it gonna, I know it's only in limited release, and I heard something about it showing up on the Golf Channel later this year.
8: Uh, it will be on the Golf Channel eventually, but don't wait. I hope people will go. It's uh, it's in 160 theaters across the country, um, so uh, um, I think unless unless you're in Nome, Alaska, there's got to be one somewhere within reach. And uh, uh, and I do hope uh, that folks will uh, will get out to the theater. But uh, I think um, it will certainly turn up on the Golf Channel in the fairly near future.
2: All right, Tommy's Honor, H O N O U R. Old Tom Morris and Young Tom Morris, directed by Jason Connery. The screenplay by Pamela Marin and Kevin Cook. Based on Kevin's 2007 book, Tommy's Honor, that won the USGA's award as Best Golf Book of that year. The film won the Best Feature Film at last year's British Scottish Academy Awards. It's playing to rave reviews in theaters now. Kevin Congratulations on all the success. Thanks for coming up by on a busy week and joining us today.
8: Thanks, Jerry. I enjoyed it. I hope it won't be so long before we talk again.
2: Sounds good. That's Kevin Cook. The book and the movie are called Tommy's Honor. We'll be back with Bob Sisko after this on T to Green.
6: Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies?
5: That's 800-405-2561.
7: Tap it in Just
0: tap it in Give it a little tappy Tap, tap, tap a rule. Time to work on your short game Tea to green helps you get it up and down The Broadmoor is one of the world's premier resorts and the longest holder of the prestigious AAA Five Diamond Award This 3,000 acre property has 700 rooms and suites
5: Hi, I'm Mark Kelville, the head golf professional at the Broadmoor in Colorado Springs, and today I want to talk to you about instruction and how to get a little better around the short game area. There comes a time in everybody's golf game when instruction is necessary, and what we tell people here is learn how to hit shots. And what we mean by that is where your weight is. Is the ball played back in the stance, forward in the stance? Where do you have your weight? Is it evenly distributed? Are you leaning forward? Also, where are your hands? Are they covering your left knee? Are they in the middle of your stance? Are they held at the ball? So on and so forth. Get a little instruction to find out how to hit a flop shot, how to play the ball back and hit a ball down into the wind or chip it low and hard to an uphill pin. Also, how to hit a ball out of the bunker where you get it up quicker, where you use a little more hands, things of that nature. And, again, I want to encourage everybody to get a little instruction how to hit shots at a certain point in their game.
2: For more on getting the ball up and down, check out the website, tdgrainradio.com, or visit your nearest PGA professional. show by golfers for golfers, America's longest running network radio golf show, it's Tee to Green. We are live and in real time on the internet at sportsbyline.com. The show repeats every Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time at sportsbyline.com. Jay Ritchie from the Broadmoor Resort, Colorado Springs, Colorado, along with Scott Cuddy and Master Control. Jerry Butenhoff has the day off today, and our next guest is standing by. It's not often when we get a guy on T to Green that we can say has pretty much done it all when it comes to the game of golf. He's a golf instructor who's worked with some of the top names on all of the professional and amateur tours. He is a uh, one of the most innovative uh, um, entrepreneurs and promoters in the game of golf. He is a former golf broadcaster, and he's also an author. He's written a number of books, including his latest called The Ultimate Game of Golf. We're happy to welcome Bob Cisco to Tee Green today. Hey, Bob, how
10: are you? Oh, Jay, it's uh, fun to be on the show this morning. Happy Easter to everybody out there. And, you know, uh, what, what, we've got some beautiful weather here in uh, California. I'm sure it's great there in Colorado Springs. It's a little on the chilly
2: side today but it's been great here this week. I finally got out and played a little golf this week. We got decent enough weather and uh got around in uh, earlier this week. But uh, uh good to have you on the show. I mentioned uh, in introducing you that the number of things that you've done through the years. How long have you how did you get started uh, in the golf arena?
10: Well, uh you know I I came from a golf family. I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. My dad was Kentucky state amateur champion for uh, a few years, uh, uh, I was a standout junior player myself, you know, breaking 80 before I was like nine years old, uh, played collegiate golf. Uh, my brother was a great competitor as well. He was a collegiate All-American. We both went to Indiana University, and we had a lot of great All-American golfers there. Uh, but what really intrigued me the most about the game of golf, uh, Jay, was the role of the mental game. I saw many, many players who had tremendous potential. They could hit the ball long. But there was something between the ears that just would get in the way. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys would get out on the golf course, and they could get upset. they get really frustrated. Uh, various uh, phenomena like that would occur, and they just didn't know how to deal with it. So um, I, I had an opportunity to work with some um, – I broke into working with pros here in the Los Angeles area, and quickly I was out on tour, uh, working with the LP, uh, some LPGA players. I took uh, uh, one gal to the U.S. Open, it was very exciting to be there. And it was all about, you know, improving their, their performance. Um, so I started to adapt more a title of a performance advisor, along with a you know instructor, and my specialties were in the mental game area, and also the short game, because, um, you know, that's where it's at. You know, it's a scoring game, and you got to be able to be in position to score, and I, I love teaching that part of the game.
2: Who are some of the folks that you've worked with uh, through the years?
10: Well, I mean, we're going back a few years because uh, you know I've been concentrating more on getting books uh, published as a golf educator. But uh, you know, when I was out there uh, on the like for the Champions Tour, I I run into guys like Bobby Nichols. I mean, we're going back here a little ways, but uh Gabe Brewer. I worked with a, a fellow named Bobby Smith who um was a great ball striker of the game and I worked a little bit with uh Tony Jacklin, you know, our US Open champion and um British Open Champ and uh, you know, it was just uh it was a thrill to actually work with guys who had they all were champions. and uh, That's what I loved about, you know, changing the senior tour names to the champions tour. Uh very well deserved title. Um uh, but, you know, all, uh, the thing I found, Jay, is that not all golfers, even at that level, had all the answers. There were still things about the game that they were trying to reach more of their potential. They knew they had some weak uh, points, and that was my challenge, was to uh, to work with players that way.
2: Yeah. When you first started and, and your emphasis was on the mental game, Now now everybody talks about the mental game and the mental approach, but when you first started, W- you, was it sort of uh, sort of innovative, pioneering at the time?
10: Absolutely, it was like the Wild West. There was very very little data. Uh, there was, um, uh, I think, the only game, uh, the only book that really was hitting in that area was um, I'm trying to think of the, of the gentleman's name. He wrote a book uh, actually on tennis, and then he incorporated in the golf, and it uh, started to uh, get some traction. Uh, with touring pro players. But i tell you, what I discovered was simply this, uh, Jay. Um, you gotta trust the swing and you have to be decisive in pulling the trigger. And where players really get off is that they, uh, they fudge around with the swing. Uh, they got this whole regiment that they're going through training to get this right and that way. And, you know, it becomes a paralysis analysis too much. And, uh, you play your best when you're more focused on the target. Or more what I call extroverted uh, out on the course, and you're 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 interested in the shot, not the mechanics of the shot. You want to make a good, smooth, you know, swing, and you have to. Your mind's got to be relaxed as well.
2: Yeah, was it Bob Rotella maybe the guy you were thinking of as far as the the one well, of the. Exactly
10: earth- before Rotella. Um, oh, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I uh, gosh, I'll, I'll probably think of his name before into the interview, but. Um, <laughs> uh, very little data uh, available on the mind game. But, you know, uh, in my book, uh, which I did, uh, The Ultimate Game of Golf, I had a scale on decisiveness versus indecisiveness. So I'd have players go out on the course and, you know, do a little practice round, you know, maybe go out late in the day and, you know, hit a couple different shots and, you know, and, and really try to analyze, you know, what role and percentage of my shots are decisive. And usually guys found that when they were indecisive and there was something about the shot that they felt uncertain about, I don't know how to hit this type of shot, or they're, they're still trying to figure out, you know, how to make the golf swing, that's when people don't hit the best shots uh, that they could.
2: And that makes perfect sense, too. If you're not committed, you know, 100% or 110% to what you're doing, not only in golf but in a lot of things, you're not going to do it as well.
10: Well, absolutely. And I always use this model that, you know, golf is a lot like life. It's, it's how you play the game. Uh, that counts. And that, that's the role of being decisive. Even if you're, uh you know, you're not sure how to hit the shot out of the trap. And, you know, but if you're decisive, your chances of getting uh, back out on the green, maybe not the best shot in the world, but you're on the green and you get two putts, say, from 20 or 30 feet, uh, That's that's where it's at. And, you know, if you... That's what I love about watching the Masters every year is that the players commit to the shots, uh, they're confident, they trust their swing, they try to get a rhythm going, right? And They try, they try to be field players because when they play their best on tour, they're field players and they're in full communication with the target and that becomes a relaxed sense of concentration and they get their best results.
2: So were you a field instructor?
10: I was, you know, when in my early career before I started into uh, uh, teaching, I could hit, I could hit it over three hundred yards. And we're going back a number of years when we're we're talking persimmon, you know, back in the persimmon days. Right. Um, my brother and I, we went to the first couple of years of the Long Drive Championship, the regionals, and I hit the ball three hundred <laughs> and fifty-seven yards, it, and it just felt like every part of my body hurt. And I said, this isn't really for me, right? And we, we we didn't even finish in the top five. So, But the whole thing was I'd get out on the course, and I'd, I'd have a drive out there maybe 290, 300 yards. I'd have a wedge in my hand. And I was fearful at that time in my early 20s about even getting the ball on the green. And so I said, this has got to change. So I, I shifted my whole game in the direction of being a field player and especially, you know, trying to – Be able to score from 120 yards in. You know, I got to tell you later, uh, in life and in years here in California, um, I had a chance to get, um, you know, a really great golf lesson uh, by Harvey Panick. Um, and it was really, um, uh, really great. And, you know, to be able to, uh, really get the idea that there are particular ways of how the short game has worked out. And, you know, they had a system that the older pros uh, had this system that really worked. And, um, you know, in today's world, we see golfers, you know, coming out of college, and they don't know much about the golf equipment. They just know how to hit it, and they can hit it hard, and they can hit it long, right? But Mm -hmm. the old-timer guys, you know, they had to go back and tinker with the clubs and put more lead tape on it and get the feel just right there. They were always looking for feel. And that's what I admired about, um, you know, the great players of the past.
2: We're with uh, Bob Sisko, who's written a number of books. His latest is called The Ultimate Game of Golf. Bob, if people pick up a copy of The Ultimate Game of Golf, your latest book, what are they going to get or what are they going to take away from it?
10: Well, I, uh, I think you're going to get some good things. There's uh, uh, there's, th- there's three parts of the book. Um, you know, golf is, is, is three parts. There's... There's a physical, there's a swing, then we have the inner you know, mental game, and then, of course, the scoring strategy game. So the book has drills, really good drills in each of those areas, about 50 or 60 drills with 100 illustrations, and it walks you through how to hit some of the best drills that you can find uh, in, in the whole annals of cost construction that I compiled in the book. So uh, I think that's one of the keys, and uh, there's a great uh, new... Golf principle that I've just researched and discovered, uh, called, uh, swing center. The ability to move, uh, perceive, uh, how to move in your golf swing in the pivot. And pivot is something that's not really understood and taught. Um, and one of the other jewels in the book is the role of balance. Uh, I wrote a whole book, uh, before this called Perfect Balance Golf, and it teaches you to understand how the, the body uh, rotates in balance. In and, you know, I, I remember uh, Byron Nelson talking about the golf swing, and uh, he was giving some commentary at uh, his tournament. And he said, the trouble with players today is that they swing too hard. And, well, we all kind of know that, but, yeah. you know, uh, in their day, they, they tried to pace the swing at about 70% so that they could hit the ball in the fairway in these uh, major events.
2: So
10: uh, I started to realize that you know you have to swing within yourself. We've heard that concept in principle. Yeah. All right. There's hey, Bob. Do that you know.
2: We are just about yeah. out of time, but I want to remind folks uh, the ultimate game of golf. Where can people find it?
10: Oh, just go to Amazon uh, books and put in uh, "ultimate game of golf." Uh, the book is just up there, and we've got some good reviews on the book, and um, I-, I think people would enjoy it.
2: Sounds good. Bob Cisco, the ultimate game of golf. Bob, thanks for taking the time to be with us today here on Tee to Green.
10: Thank you so much, Jay. Have a wonderful day. It's
2: been a busy weekend in the World of Golf. One tournament on the LPGA Tour wrapped up yesterday in Honolulu with a surprise champion. and We're going to talk about that and more when we take you on tour with our last segment today here on Tee to Green. From the Bridemore Resort, Colorado Springs, Colorado, take a break here. We'll be right back with more. Stick around. (music)
4: Once more, 800-758-0725.
5: Nobody really needs or wants home security until it's too late. $50 free wireless home security system, and start enjoying the peace of mind of security today. Call 800-587-4281. 800-587-4281. 800-587-4281. This offers for new customers only. Termination fees apply. $99 customer installation charge and 36-month monitoring agreement required. All for details. License terms and conditions available at secureathome.com. That's 800-296-0906.
2: It's the fastest hour in radio, the quickest hour in golf. It's Tita Green. We're not done yet. Take a look at what's happening on tour this weekend. One event's already finished, the Latte Championship on the LPGA Tour In uh, Honolulu, started on Wednesday, wrapped up yesterday at the Koalina Golf Course. That's a golf course that I have actually played in Honolulu. And 39-year-old Christy Kerr followed a Friday round of 62 with a Saturday round of 66 to finish at 20 under par, a tournament record and get a three-shot win. Her first win on the LPGA Tour since 2015. It ended an 0-for-30 winless streak, and it was Kerr's 19th career victory. She went 16 under par in the final 36 holes to get the win a week after playing for the green jacket pga tour players are playing for a plaid jacket this weekend that goes to the winner of the rbc heritage at hilton head in south carolina jason duffner 13 under par through three rounds a one-shot lead over graham Dillette, two-shot lead over kevin kissner and webb simpson Ian poulter three shots back at minus 10 the champions tour duluth georgia for the mitsubishi electric classic stephen ames has a one-shot lead going into today's final round over bob tway kenny perry billy andrade brant job and kevin sutherland all tied for second place thanks to our guest today kevin cook the book and the movie, Tommy's Honor, go see it in a theater near you. You will not be disappointed. Thanks to Kevin for joining us. And Bob Sisko, check out his book, The Ultimate Game of Golf. Great show today. Thanks to Scott Cuddy and Master Control. Thank you for listening. I'm Jay Ritchie. Till next time, hit 'em long, hit em straight.